We're on verses 57 to 64 uh, this evening. Speaking of visitors, it is good to have John and Anna Matthew with us and Ryan and Joy Lundquist as well. Uh, and the fishes in the back just sneaking in. And uh, uh, good to have all of you guys back with us. And uh, I, I do enjoy being refreshed. I enjoy the opportunities I have to go to Refresh Conference. For those of you who don't know what's going on this week. Um, but I always look forward to the Wednesday of Refresh. Because I know chances are we'll have a visitor or two whom we love very much. And so it is good to have you all with us. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this evening we rejoice in the truths that we've just been reminded of, even by these children. Truly, you are our hiding place, our portion, our all. Lord, we rejoice in these truths. For we know our hearts, how desperately wicked we are, how prone we are to wonder, how hopeless we are in, our, in ourselves. And yet this evening, Heavenly Father, we rejoice not in our merit, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in Jesus Christ and his finished work. We rejoice in that hope. And so we do have a hiding place a portion and all. Heavenly Father, we pray that, that, would be, that we would be reminded of these truths even this evening in the passage that we are turning our eyes to, that you would encourage our souls, challenge us, change us for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 119, 57 to 64. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forsaken your law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O oh Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. This passage, these verses in Psalm 119, it's a passage that affirms the Lord's sufficiency. It recognizes my insufficiency and rejoices in the sufficiency of my God. In fact, right there in that first line, you are my portion, O Lord. Maybe you have dreamed of one day finding out that you have a rich uncle somewhere that's going to leave you just a ton of money when they pass away. You're going to get a nice inheritance. Hopefully you're not planning on that for retirement. But if, say you knew that uncle. Would not knowing that he was likely to leave you that money, would that not affect the way that you treat him or her? I guess if it's an uncle, it has to be a him. <laughs> uncle or aunt. <laughs> right? Would that not affect the way that you, that you treat them? But that's what the psalmist is saying here. That word portion, it's the idea of inheritance, a plot of land portioned out to the psalmist. But he's not worried about land. He's not worried about money. He says, you are my portion, O Lord. He's not looking for anything in this life. 
His hope, his joy are fully in the Lord where he finds satisfaction in the Lord. He stands content. You are my portion, O Lord. And it affects how he reacts then. Because the Lord is his portion, I have said that I would keep your words. Based on the reality of of, of verse 57a, the psalmist has, has a commitment to what the Lord says. Because I recognize, because I know that my hope is not in this life and in anything here. Because you are my portion, Lord. Then I will keep your words. What I know to be true affects what I do. In fact, it goes on even into verse 58. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Again, how he acts, what he does. So be merciful to me according to your words. I have put my hope in you. So Lord, do not let me be put to shame. It's not that the psalmist here doubts that God will come through. It's just a reminder, Lord, this is what you've said. This is what you've said. Be faithful. I am building my life around these truths. I entreat your favor with my whole heart, with all of who I am. So, Lord, be merciful to me as you have promised. In fact, verse 59 gets back to the idea of of how the psalmist acts. I thought about my ways. And turned my feet to your testimonies. There's a recognition here that the Lord truly does know best. A desire here for the psalmist to conform his character and his conduct to what the Lord expects and requires, to the Lord's will. I've thought about my ways. How often is that your own testimony? whether you sit underneath preaching or whether you are are in your devotions, you're reading through scripture and you come across something that that clearly points out something in your life that needs to be changed. You think about it, you recognize it, and then turn my feet to your testimonies. Hopefully that's how you respond. That's how the psalmist responds. Why? Because he recognizes that the Lord is his portion. So there's a desire to conform all of his character, all of who he is, all of his conduct according to the Lord's will. In fact, verse 60, there's no hesitation to this. There's no second thoughts. There's no looking back over his shoulder. Rather, he responds in this way. He does this with joy. He does this with delight. I made haste. I did not delay to keep your commandments. He does not look at the commandments of God as something that is burdensome, as something that is holding him back. It's something that frees him, something to which he runs, something that he embraces. In fact, even in affliction or persecution, verse 61, the cords of the wicked have bound me. But I have not forgotten your law. Even in affliction and persecution, the psalmist is not tempted to fall away. Because the psalmist knows, even as we confessed in song earlier this evening, that the the soul, that soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake. Oh, never, no, never, no, never forsake. The psalmist knows these things are true. 
So it doesn't matter how much the earth around him shakes. It doesn't matter how much the wicked have bound him. He stands fast because he stands on the truth. It doesn't matter what else happens. Imagine someone taking you and trying to convince you that 2 plus 2 does not equal 4, it equals 5. It doesn't matter how persuasive they are or what they say, they're simply wrong. It doesn't make it right. 2 plus 2 is 4. That's what the psalmist knows to be true. I don't care what you tell me. You can do whatever you want to me. But this is simply the truth. It doesn't change. Therefore, I cannot be swayed. In fact, verses 62, 63, and 64, we see that the Lord affects how the psalmist spends his time, with whom the psalmist spends his time, and how the psalmist sees life. Because he recognizes that the Lord is his portion, because he turns his feet to the testimonies, he runs to do this, he runs to keep the commandments of the Lord, it affects all of life. How he spends his time, who he spends it with, and how he sees life. Verse 62, at midnight I will rise to give you thanks because of your righteous judgments. The psalmist values the word. He values what God has said, even to the point of giving up something that is also valuable. Sleep. That's important. I need that. But do you know what's even more valuable than sleep? It is the word of God. It is the foundation on which we stand. And so the psalmist is willing to give that up. His love of the word of God, the love of God, and therefore his love of the word of God, affects how he spends his time. There's a real challenge for us. How many of us, if we are honest, are willing to sacrifice sleep for Netflix or a good book? Or something else, and yet we, we can't find consistent time to read the Word of God. That doesn't tell you something about your schedule. That tells you something about your heart. The psalmist loves the Word of God, so he makes time for the Word of God. Verse 63, not only how he spends his time, but it affects who he spends his time with. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. These are the people that he is attracted to and the people that are attracted to him. Those who love the word will love those who love the word. So it affects how he spends his time. It affects who he spends his time with. And finally, it affects how he sees life. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. As, he, as the psalmist looks around, even in the context of verse 61, the cords of the wicked have bound me, even in the context of that, as he's being held down, the psalmist looks around, and what is his testimony? The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. How can that be? Because the psalmist loves the word of God. He loves the Lord. He knows that the Lord is his portion. 
So how he views life, how he views his circumstances, he sees it through the lens of the word of God. He has an eternal perspective. He's not focused or distracted on the things of the present. Finally, he's got a continued hunger to learn more. Teach me your statutes, as this section ends. Teach me your statutes. I want to learn more. I want to grow. I am hungry, Lord. May that be the testimony of our hearts, that we would recognize that the Lord is our portion, that we would recognize our, our hope and our joy is not in this life. It is in God and all that he has given us in Christ. Our hope is not here. Our hope is in eternity. So may we too run to the word of God. May we love the word of God. May our prayer be, Lord, teach me your statutes. And if that is not your prayer, then I would encourage you this evening to search your own heart, to be honest with yourself. Why is that the case? What is holding you back? What is stealing your attention? What has become an idol in your heart that has drawn your attention away from the word of God, drawn your love away from that? And take radical action against it. This evening, reorient to the word of God. Remember your hope and cling to that. With that, we're going to take some prayer requests this evening and then we'll spend the rest of the time in prayer.